Hello and welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast, episode 59. Um, thanks very much for, for tuning in tonight or watching. And if whatever media joint you're watching on, if you could leave us a review, that would be great, especially on iTunes. I'm Steve Lillis, as you must probably know. And with me, my co-host, who you also know, John Evans. You okay there, John? Yeah, I am, Steve. Are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I bet you was up all night watching those American... Gridiron, whatever that sport's called last night. All them playoffs, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I love all that, mate. It's been good this year. And yeah. if, if you are interested in American football, it's great to see the Dallas Cowboys lose, isn't well, it? All so? I know is, all I know, I know <laughs> they got beat. It was controversial because someone ran into the referee as he was about to score. And the fans kicked off like Millwall West Ham 2009. That's all I know, but... I'll tell you what, they might have kicked off. It wouldn't compare to Millwall West Ham at an NFL game, but there'd have been a load less swearing and a load less violence. They'd have been <laughs> shouting like the refs suck or something like that, and that's as bad as it would have got. Anyway, our special guest this week, a regular on the podcast, a regular guest, one of the busiest men in British boxing, manager, trainer, matchmaker. He's VIP boxing's matchmaker. He's got the lot apart from the seconds license, John Pegg. John, thanks very much for coming on again. How are you, lads? You good, Jay? It's always yeah. good to be on with you guys. Good. And yeah, first good. of all, mate, off boxing, a proud time for your family. Your daughter, Kia, made a debut on CBBC last week as a presenter, a channel that all of us who had young kids know lots about. I love for three years. That's what got my kids to sleep at night, three, four years. And congratulations to your daughter and a, a proud time for the whole family, I guess. It's been a good week, Steve. She's also just got a 12-month contract on another show that was like, you know, uh, a little bit unexpected. Then she's been asked to do some presenting uh, at the BAFTAs and she's just been nominated for an RTS as well. So she's had, she's had a good week, to be honest. I'll tell you what, <laughs> she, she should just pack up work now, take this week, because if it gets better than this, she's going to be like, <laughs> she's going to be an A-lister. You won't need boxing anymore. She'll have you in a chauffeur's hat, driving up and down <laughs> motorways. Boxing will lose you, John, if she gets... I'm already, she, already, she already has me doing that, Steve. Trust me on that. No, but I mean, that's brilliant. I'm really pleased for you, John, as well as her dad and obviously everyone else in the family. Um, her diary's busy. Well, you just told us it can't get much busier. And I'm sure your, how's your diary looking anyway? Yeah, it's uh, good. We've got a couple of shows in February in Birmingham. Uh, Hennessy's got, he's, he's, uh, he's mapping his schedule out. Steve Woods is basically being Steve Woods. And I'm, I'm helping out on a few other guys as well. I don't know, I don't know why, because I've got too much matching to do as it is. But another couple of guys have approached me and have asked me to help with their matchmaking. Just signed up some new lads. We've got 12 lads in the gym at the moment. As you've probably seen on my Facebook and social media, when we was working up, like we always do like a little end-of-year roundup. And uh, Eastside Gym went 20-0 last year. Really? So, it, it, yeah, and, and that was in some tough fights. You, you've seen Shaq and Peters and Sam Eggington's fights and, and Corey Gibbs in the Ultimate Boxer. Of course, yeah. And to, yeah, and to go 20 and 0, it's not bad going, do you know what I mean? So they've got something to live up to this year. So we've got to see what happens, really. I've got just got to ask you this on one box in particular, Sam Eggington. I saw a, a tweet from him last week where he speculated some big news coming. Is there something really positive coming for Sam soon? Yeah, I think uh, Mick will be making an announcement in the next week or two. It's, it, Mick's been working really hard to give Sam a really good home fight. and to kind of give him a springboard right up to the top. And it's almost there. And, you know, once Mick gets his teeth into summer, 
But yeah, he, he, he said after the last fight, Mick turned around to me and he says, he deserves a big, like a big fight, a big night at home. He says he deserves one. So he's done his best to make it happen. And we're, we're, we're like 99% of the way there. Brilliant. John, John, now you're back into the swing of things. Are you noticing um, a little bit of history repeating itself from the, the dark days of last year with the opponent searches are already starting to get difficult? Are you facing the same sort of problems you were facing this time last year? I'll be honest. As a matchmaker, you're always facing that. It yeah. was a bit worse because you had to get people to have days off work and you had to hope that they didn't test positive for COVID. But trust me, Steve will tell you, 2002, 2012, 2015, I've always been ringing up the day before saying, I'm in fucking trouble. Somebody yeah. help me. There's a lot of money here. There's a kid who sold loads of tickets. So it's, it's the job. COVID made it a little bit more difficult, but it's never been easy. It's never yeah. been fun. It's something that has always been a battle. So, COVID just, COVID was just like, you know, when they're juggling and they're juggling like firing like sticks that are on fire and they say, throw me an hand grenade in just to show off. <laughs> That's what COVID was. COVID was an hand grenade when you was already juggling <laughs> fire, basically. So, you just get on with it, don't you? If yeah. you can juggle, you juggle. <laughs> I, haven't, I spoke to Woody earlier and he said he was sending me through his bout sheets for he's who he's got on what shows and uh, is it some is it something like eight in eight weeks or seven shows in eight weeks something mad like that yeah well as, as you can see steve's slowing down there by steve standard you know what i mean yeah. usually it's about 14 in five weeks so we can cope with that but with, uh, <laughs> i'm working with another of steve's guys as well while i was uh while i was a little bit poorly last year he jumped on and steve said i said keep him on i said he's doing a great job I said, there's always enough, I said, especially with you, there's always enough work for two. So hopefully I can bring someone along and show him a few tricks of the trade. But he's a nice lad, Tom. There's not to, hey, you, and you, I tell you what, they couldn't have much better. There's certain people in this game who could who can teach people things. That, and if they listen, it would be for a successful future. Someone like you and matchmakers who have been about, you know, since God was a little boy and held every license. They're the people you should listen to. There's too many people out there who get listened to you don't listen to the right people. That, that's what you should be doing in this game. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't know, do they? That's no, they don't. But whoever this fella listens to you, he'll, he'll do well. I don't know the fella, but whoever he is, if he's watching this, listen to Peggy and you'll be all right. You might get stressed, but you'll be all right. Anyway, we yeah. better get on with this podcast and uh, start talking these topics. Well, six really good topics tonight. Um, you got your clock and everything ready there, Mr. Evans? Everything's ready to go as, as we, soon as you are, Steve. After you, you get on with your first one and you want people to get on with it, I think, John. Yeah, everybody's got to get on with it. We, I mentioned then history repeating itself, but we're sort of going through this full thing again. I, I thought people, well, I hoped people were going to follow Canelo Alvarez's example and stay active, stay busy, get out regularly. But all these, the names just aren't doing it, are they? You know, when I was looking down the list of top fighters, I jotted them down, actually, and these are the people who haven't got fights scheduled over in these horrible, long, protracted negotiations. So we've got Fury, Joshua, White, Crawford, Billy Joe, if he comes back, Joyce Dubois, all of the lightweights, Errol Spence. None of them have got fights scheduled. These are guys who can take the sport to a different level. They can put on massive events. They can be in enormous fights, but they never allow themselves to generate the momentum they could, they could do. If these guys were fighting, if Tank Davis was fighting every three months, 
can you imagine the fights we'd have in the summer and autumn? It's just not happening. Um, these guys have got to get on with it now. You know, from the prime of their career, they're super talented. Let's get some big fights made and get the sport onto another level. John? Well, do you know what? It's They've got to want to fight. Like Sam Eggington had that, as an example, had that fight with Bilal Jakitu. And we was all saying, you're having a rest. You can ask Steve Woods this, Steve. Sam was saying to me, get me on one of them jolly boys. I'll box for nothing. I just <laughs> want to fight. Ask Steve. I'm not lying. And Mick Hennessy turned around and went, no, no. After a fight like that, you can't go on a non-TV show, not top of the bill. And Sam was like, I just want to fight. I'll box for nothing. Just tell him to pay my petrol. You've got to want to fight. If you don't want to fight, you ain't going to fight. If you really want to fight, you're going to fight. So they've got to lead by example, ain't they? I just think you know, the, the old school attitude just isn't there. I think we're in a different world now to even to 20 years ago with these fighters. It's a social media world. They've got a million and one people around them. Um, and, you know, they, they, it, it's just this celebrity lifestyle. So they want to be fighters. It's just this celebrity lifestyle they want to lead. But, I mean, people gone about footballers who earn 100 grand a week and that. And I, but I think, well, you're earning that, but... And, but they still stay devoted for like nine months of the year and yeah. not their life. You know, whatever you think of these footballers earning this money, they they don't need it, but they're still doing it week in, week out. Um, and I just think bo boxing can, can even learn from these guys who are also, you know, in, in the A-list of um, earners when it comes to money. You know what? I, I, I was flicking through Twitter the other day and I saw, um, I won't dig him out, I won't mention his name, but he's a, a good fighter in Britain. Um, and he put a tweet out saying, soon to be a global star. Now, come on, you, you, this is it. You're, not even, you're not even fighting for a British title yet. And I, I think you're right. I think it's that attitude where they've got a goal in mind, for but that. maybe you're not willing to, to put in the um, hard work to actually get to where they want to be somewhere. They, they haven't. You've got to really enjoy fighting. You've got yeah. to enjoy fighting. You've got to want to get in there to be a top fighter. You've got to enjoy it. And some of them don't. Round two, um, is it Mirage? Quite a good topic to follow on. As someone who certainly hasn't um, been busy, and I don't think he ever will be. It's, it's amazing to think he's 33 now. Gary Russell, he's back on Saturday. WBC featherweight title defence against Mark Magseo. I think he's a Filipino. He's six world title defence, and that sounds good. He's six world title defence in this reign. But he won that title seven years ago. And in them fights, he's had good wings against Kiko, Joseph Diaz. You know, even after the Lomachenko loss, he still left that. He was still a bright star for the future. And if you look in, you know, since he become champion, the fights that have gone by the wayside for him that he's missed through inactivity, you know, Carl Frampton, Santa Cruz, Josh Warrington, Valdez, Shakur Stevenson. I just find it staggering that he's been allowed, you know, the WBC could have been a bit, harsher on him as well, I think, that someone that that talent has now got to 33 and been so inactive. And, it, you know, it, it's carrying on really from your first subject, John. It just breaks my heart to see that someone with his underrated punch power, his rapier speed, you know, when he won that time, I don't know, around Lomachenko time, he was probably the nippiest fighter in the world, you know, hand speed. I, I just think it's tragic this has been allowed to happen and he's allowed himself to, to go down this path. That he's having a fight on Saturday on Showtime that who really cares about um, when he should have really been a pay-per-view star by, well by now. 
And, he, you know, so many unifications that have gone by. And those names I've mentioned, you would have backed him against a lot of them. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what? There's people in the past who have drifted off. They've drifted off into the party lifestyle or they've drifted off for another reason. He's kind of drifted off, but stayed active. So he's kind of drifted away from his career, but he stayed active at yeah, the same time with year, one yeah. a year. It's like, it's limbo, really. He's kind of lived in limbo. And now he's getting to the stage where he'll, he'll be too old soon. Yeah. And then he'll really regret it. Yeah. But the thing that annoys me about Russell is he had that, that speed was a real difference maker, wasn't it? These, these fighters who are really good fighters, some are really good all around, some have got knockout power. But he had that, that speed could have really taken him to different levels, couldn't it? That was something else. Yeah. It just separated him from the from all those featherweights. He had that X factor. And he, if he'd put his foot down, he really could have gone on. And I think the sad thing with Russell is he'll be one of those guys who ends up jumping two weights to fight someone at lightweight. And you'll never see the best of him. He'll get beaten and then he'll probably just disappear. Because you think even the Lomachenko fight, we had that on Box Nation. I was in the studio with Bunsy that night. I think it must have, would have been Barry Jones in with us. And, you know, even at that three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, the fight, the quality of that fight, and, you know, he come out of that fight losing, but lost nothing, if you see what I mean. He was still a superstar of the future. It reminds me a little bit of Rigando. It's like, this guy's great. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. Oh, it's over. And his career's finished. Where did it go? Round three, over to you, John. Olympic boxing. Right, um, this is something I'm kind of not an expert on because I, I follow the amateurs more of as a fan. But it, I've seen reports, I don't know how, how the Olympic boxing is currently kind of suspended. And if things don't change, it's not going to be Olympic boxing. I think the ramifications of this are so big that people are not going to realise till they happen. What they don't realise is we was at Crystal Palace once every two weeks with a squad. We was lucky if we picked one gold up, no, one medal per games. And the boxing kind of went from there. And in the 70s and 80s, we had 300 pros in the country, half the shows that we're getting now. We started getting funding. We got a proper setup that is governed by the medals we get at the Olympics. We've got Sheffield. We're hitting records. Now, that goes on to the fact that at the moment, we've got more professionals, more shows, more promoters, more TV than ever. Forget your golden age when we had certain things. We have got more boxing than ever now. Is it a coincidence that we've got the Olympic funding that has given us more Olympic medals in the last 20 years than we've had in the history of the Olympics? If that goes, what is going to happen? John, I think you put it perfectly. It's, it's catastrophic because they're talking from the 2028 Olympics, I think, no boxing. It will be catastrophic. Sheffield goes because there'll be no funding. As you say, you're funded on the medals. We're going back to the funding really coming in from Audley in 2000. Amir's success 2004, and it's just snowballed. It will be catastrophic. Guys will be turning over who we know are brilliant amateur, brilliant fighters as unknowns. So that would mean their deals wouldn't be, wouldn't be anything like what they're getting now when they turn pro after a great amateur career, they would be go, you know, they would get, they would, you know, promoters like Eddie Earn, Frank Warren, Mick Hennessy would know about these guys, you know, the boxer team, 
but they wouldn't be given the money because they haven't been seen in Olympic Games. And, you know, we, we talked about the, the world Are we champions. filling stadiums with yeah, Olympic medalists? Yeah, Are we it, doing stadium photos? Yeah, it, it's going to be catastrophic if this happens. Sorry, I'm talking too much. And I, John, you no, might no, have no. a bit and different it, opinion. It also affects the guys who fight on the undercards who follow up in their slipstream. You know, someone like Joe Joyce, who, who got his name made in the Olympics, getting, getting that medal. Joe Joyce wouldn't have been headlining... Bills, would he, if he hadn't been in the Olympics? But the people who've made their name on his undercard coming through and getting seen by other people, they're going to suffer as well, yeah. There's got to be a solution to it. It's one of the oldest sports in the Olympic Games, hasn't it? It's got to get figured out, but it seems to be getting closer and closer every time, doesn't it? We seem to be constantly having this discussion about uh, boxing coming out of the Olympics. That's a great point. You think someone like Joe Joyce, who turned pro in his 30s, who would, you know, even though we might know how good he was and how heavy he had, over to you, John. Uh, is G Triple G's on the menu for you? Yeah, we all love Triple G, don't we? I, I, I'm just starting to get the feeling now that his career is not going to have the ending we would have all liked. I, I feel like he's going to just fade away. I, he'll never go into obscurity because he's such a popular guy. He's, his highlight reel is incredible and he pretty much guarantees excitement, doesn't he? But I just get the feeling it, it's tapering off with... Maybe a little bit of a whimper when it should have gone out with a real bang. You know, he's virtually, I think he last fought in December 2020. 2020 yeah. He didn't fight all last year. We're getting, he's got nothing scheduled. This Maratta fight's dragged its feet, so he's not going to fight until the middle of this year. Um, he'll never be as active as he was because he set a ferocious pace, didn't he, with his style and his long amateur career. And he can never go back to that. But I, I just think it's sad after. The way he fought with Canelo, I thought he won one fight and the second fight was a tremendous fight, but Canelo probably pipped. The level he was at, there's been such a such a drop-off, such a... May, maybe it's his ambition. Maybe the second Canelo fight, the payday he got, maybe his ambition just dropped, but the level of opposition's gone, his activity's gone, and I just hope we see him in one more big fight and one more great performance before he, he turns it in. Do you know what? It sounds terrible, Canelo. It didn't seem like he could fade away. Let's look at boxing history. Yeah. Sugar Ray, Le Sugar Ray Robinson ended up losing to Mick Lee, he in Britain. Muhammad Ali lost to Trevik Burbick in the Bahamas. Henry Armstrong ended up fighting who knows where. Anybody can fade away in boxing. The biggest name in the world can end up losing to somebody who shouldn't have laced his boots in the Bahamas. Anybody can fade away. That's why I'm, I have to hold my hand out to guys who get away at the right time. Boxing will make anyone fade away. And it will happen to Triple G because you can't keep fighting at the highest level like you're 25. And he will fade away or he'll get beat or he'll just get brutally brutalised by someone. It happened to Bernard Hopkins eventually. And yeah. we kept thinking, well, it can't happen because he keeps beating for the time. Boxing beats everybody in the end. Yeah, you know what? The, the Murata fight not taking place was the COVID regulations was a real shame. And of course, he, he's been a victim of the COVID. But you know what? That If he'd gone to Japan and win, that would have been a real win that would have added to the legacy and a, a winnable fight. You know, two and a half years, three years getting on for since the second Canelo fight. Steve Rolls, Sergei um, Derevanchenko, and I think Zerometa, Camille Zerometa, was it in December? They're not those wins to... Go out, and I, I worry that he's 40 in April. And like John says, in John's words, he gets brutalized by, by somebody down the line. Like, I'll never forget the night when I think Bernard Hopkins got knocked out in eight rounds, didn't he? In, in the end, 
Joel Smith got him, didn't he? Jokes, yeah. Um, round five, Ben Davison's bash last week at um, Trainers. Now, I get on really well with Ben, like him a lot, spent a lot of time with him when he was in the Village Hotel down the road here in Ashton with Tyson, Tyson Fury, Josh Taylor, um, Billy Joe Saunders. But I just feel he went a little bit too far with his attack on people, trainers in boxing, as if he'd be there and done it. I, I thought that was really sad and really he went too too low with that last week. Um, you know what? There's people in this game. Um, Steve Maylett with Terry Flanagan when he turned pro. No one thought he would be a British champion. He was a bang ordinary amateur around Manchester. You know, Sean O'Hagan with his son, Josh Warrington. You know, we knew Josh was decent. No one saw this. I look at people like Grant Smith, who's having success now in Sheffield. But he spent years serving his apprenticeship as an amateur trainer. You know, he got older Sonny Edwards at 17, 18 and has developed him. I just feel Ben went too far to knock trainers who put their life into this sport um, and aren't lucky enough to get fighters um, that, that he's being, you know, going to him and, and being... I'm not saying he's a bad trainer, but I just feel he, he totally disrespected the sport with his comments last week. And I'm someone who, who likes him and gets on well with him. So it isn't like a personal attack this on him. You know what? I write Ben as a trainer. I've, I've actually worked a corner with him when I've done the cuts for Dave. I'm one of Dave Caldwell's fighters, Lee Wood. Um, but you know what? Sometimes people think controversy sells the way some fighters... They do stuff at press conferences that you think, oh, that's not really you. And sometimes it's like it's like an attention thing. Look at this, look at that. But you've got to be careful in boxing because it's such a small world that you never know when you put someone's nose out of joint with what you think is a silly comment, stops you really going forward with someone or getting the fight that you need or even getting sparring that you need. And you might think, oh, I don't need it. But people always need a bit of help. People always need to go back to a certain promoter somewhere that they thought they never would have to. And you got to be not careful because you shouldn't have to be careful what you say. But you got to be, you should, if you say something, you should be able to say it in 20 years' time and it's still got the same impact. You shouldn't be going, oh, I regret saying that. And I think you will regret saying that somewhere. I think it will regret going in so hard. But it's all about, it's like the trainers are trying to sell tickets as much as the boxers now. Just disappointing, yes. really. That wrong, right? I get what you're saying, controversy, John, but the wrong target audience. There's, there's fucking guys working for next to no money because they love this sport. Uh, uh, I, saw, I saw a little interview today where he was saying, "Oh, I didn't mean Tony Sims. I didn't mean him. I didn't mean him. I, I wonder if his phones rang a few times and he's realised that he said the wrong thing there." Well, do you know what? Who did you mean then? Say who you mean. If you're exactly. going to say who you mean, say who you mean. If you're going to do it, do it. Final round over to you, John. Arthur Zone buying BT. Real interesting topic, this. Yeah, well, I've been hearing the rumours and I don't listen too much, but it's, the rumours seem to be getting stronger. And I don't know whether it's a good thing because suddenly the zone went and done their thing and we had an extra TV channel. And whether you, you love or hate or not bothered about Frank, Frank does stuff, he does a good job. And if the zone by BT, would Frank want to, even if he's got a cast iron contract, would he want Eddie as the boss man where he's doing his contract? I think he'd find, he's, he's, he's a man's man who, I don't know if he'd like that. Is it a good thing to happen? Does we suddenly go back to matchroom have got like this kind of holdover stuff where there's not a lot of good opposition? 
they start to get lazy because I think they got a little bit lazy. And I think, you know, that don't help. I don't know whether it's a good thing. I'd like to see Frank strongly in the game doing his stuff. I'd like to see Eddie having at least one, two good lots of good competition. I know Sky are back in. But I just don't know whether the zone buying in and Frank having to kind of spread his stable out or do whatever with him is a good thing for boxing. It seemed like it suddenly spread out and it was looking better. Eddie's make, looking like he's going to make a good move. Is that a good thing for boxing? Well, for, uh, the, the BT are definitely selling. They've made no secret. They're either going to sell to the zone or um, go into partnership with Discovery, who are going to come into Britain for sport. So that could be another outlet. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I think Frank's on, on a good wicket still because the stable he's got is pretty strong. The problem's going to be what happens at the end of his contract. I think he'll get on with it. Or um, and, and 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 do his contracts. There, there's going to be other pe- other companies coming in. Discovery are coming in to this country, whether BT want it or what. My my other concern is once the zone get BT, if they do, will they really care for boxing? Because they'll have the football package where they'll make their money. They don't make their money from boxing, you know. Where you know, look, that that I've seen Box Nation with that the, the model they've gone and how hard it is to keep it running. Um, that they're all about football. You know, they might not give a, a toss about boxing. They might say, Eddie, there's your show. Frank, there's your shows. The bosses at the zone will be more interested in being pals with the EPL than Frank Warren um, or, or Eddie Earn once they get it. Because that's what they're buying it for, not to take Frank over. They're buying this for a football package. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Frank's in a situation where they're either going to have to pay him off handsomely and he'll, he'll, he'll find another contract. Frank, Frank, I remember getting something Terry Lawless told me about Frank once. He said, if you're in, um, I might have quoted it before on here, and he said about him to me once, I'm going back to the early, oh, late 80s, early 90s, and Terry said that um, the thing, well, mid whenever, it was a long, long time ago, and Terry said, Frank's like, if you're in, a, if there's a cage, and there's one, that you're, there's six, you're all tigers in the cage, and there's one bit of steak, Frank Warren would be the man who gets the stake. <laughs> you know what? So I would never, ever write him off. And if it did go wrong for him with the zone, he'd land somewhere else. So I'm not saying it would be on the money he's on, but he'll, they'd land somewhere else. You look at, you know, as they, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm sure he's not going to be welcoming Eddie to, for, to the zone by any stretch. But you know what? You look at the stable, it's quite strong. You know, Fury, Dubois, Joyce. You know, okay, okay, he's got half of whatever he, the deal is with Fury. But Dubois, Joyce, you've got two people, two, take Fury out. You've got two fighters there who are going to be fighting for World Heavyweight titles. You back one of them to win the version of it, whoever they fight, uh, I, I guess. And you know what? And as they say, you've got a strong heavyweight to reach stable. You've, your stable's good. Yeah, the only thing I, I, I can't, it certainly won't be a long-term thing, will it? It certainly won't be a long-term project. I think being paid off, Rings me as being more likely outcome than anything. Frank yeah. might even be speaking to you. Know, you never know how he works. That he might be speaking to people already with a, an exit strategy. If you look on the bright side, will it? No, it won't. I was trying to look on the bright side, but it never works out, does it? I was thinking, would it make these fights that we're desperate to see more likely if everything's under one umbrella? But you've still got rival promoters who are going to want to protect their stables. If Frank is going to leave. The uh, zone BT. He's not going to want his guys getting beaten, is he, before he no. leaves? So, yeah, it's not going to make it any more likely. Um, I just can't see it being a long term thing, no matter what happens, really. 
Well, I just wish they could all get along. <laughs> <laughs> you got some hope. You know what? <laughs> Is that what you said about Ben John about you know one day they, they will need each other. The day the day will come they'll do this. Like in the end, I'm going back to like look, I'm nearly sixty, right? I'm going back to you know with, with Mickey Duff and Frank were at it in the in the in the you know Frank come on and from 1985 where I think Frank um, promoted his first world title fight. It was around this time of year, was it? I'm trying to think Frank's first world title fight. I think it was Magri Chip Sochi at the Lada was the first world, world Terry title. Terry Marsh. No, first world title fight he promoted. Marshall's his first oh. world champion about 87, I think. But from 85 oh, yeah. onwards, especially as I think Magri had been a, you know, don't forget in them days, Mickey Duff losing a fighter to somebody else. It was unthought of. You couldn't even put a show on in the same town 14 days either side of it. You know, and Magri went and fought on Frank's show. I think he got 25 grand, which is a lot of money for a flyweight in 85. Might be more. Frank might tell me it's more when I speak to him in, in next week or whenever. Um, but they was at it for so long. And in the end, they sat down and broke bread and made fights. So, you know, you know what? I'd never put in. I'm not saying it's going to be at this moment in time. But three, four years down the line, they might sit down and make fights. Like, Who's to say they're much. not going to sit down and make well, While we're on and there, they could be sitting down breaking bread in Frederick's in Islington or some restaurant, making Dillian White. Tyson Fury for Cardiff in March, for all we know. Can you, can you imagine how much better play, position the sport had been if every summer and every Christmas it was promoter against promoter on one massive bill? I mean, Sky oh. put up three fighters, BT put up three, DAZN put up three, oh, mega shows. Can you, everyone would have something to look forward to. Can you imagine how, in, what a better place the sport would be as to what it is? But it'll never happen. I'd love it to happen. You, you could have three rows of the ring size with each promote. The four promoters would have. We'd have, we'd have Side boxer, of the ring. Yeah. We'd have Boxer, <laughs> Mick, Frank and, and Eddie. And they all have four corners with their entourages behind them. All sitting there in suits, arms folded. <laughs> Fellas, thanks very much again for joining us, Mr. Peg. Really a real pleasure. We'll get you on again in a couple months. And well done again to Kia. That's a fantastic achievement for... Someone so young, I mean that, mate. I've got my youngest just going off to uni soon. So if she had that sort of success, young, I'd generally be made up for her. Um, brilliant, that, John. I mean that. And Mr. Evans, thank you as always. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, John. Thanks, fellas. See you, lads. Thanks, everyone else, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across and off, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.